When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Dave here. I'm with my wife, Kathy. Hello. And we're standing in the garden <laughs> because it's Game of Thrones time. Yes. And we have a really strange habit of standing in the garden before the episodes. Yeah, just so we're, out we and a, just so we're outside, so we're not just sitting inside. Oh, that's right, because our podcast <laughs> is supposed to be where we walk home from the movies. Yeah. Um, and, but we don't do that for Game of Thrones. Uh, so this is the penultimate episode, as they say. Yes, and it's called Beyond the Wall, we just saw. Yeah, so I'm guessing it's probably going to take place probably beyond the wall. I hope what so. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and this episode has been available for about a week. Uh, is it yeah, a week? It got leaked. It got leaked. So it accidentally got broadcast in, by HBO Spain. I feel really bad for whoever. I know, someone's Somebody head got rolled. Um, or they were burned alive they were by something, a dragon. <laughs> something bad happened to them. Um, so and we're really sympathetic because we both work in TV. I, yes. I don't know how I don't understand how a Game of Thrones episode can be leaked though like people have to sign non-disclosure agreements around these things like it's, it's just Game a of Thrones is insane security it wasn't on purpose somebody just made a massive mistake I would say yeah but how anyway that's a story for another day um, but we didn't watch it we waited until um, today to watch it although I know people who have and they were very excited they were very excited but for me like it sounds really pious and don't get me wrong like in my time I have um, not always watched things legally but with this, first of all, we have the means to watch it because we have Sky. And secondly, there's so few water cooler shows left in the world. And, and this is such an expensive show. Yeah. And this is a show that drives weekly talk. And like it's basically, it's a, it's a boost for the whole industry. And it's a boost for everyone who likes to actually watch live TV and not have things dumped on them like Netflix do, which I really don't like. Like that's always support my HBO. Support, like they don't need the money, whatever. As I said, we already have Sky, so we could have downloaded it, and it would make no difference to them. But um, I just think I'm so hate. Basically, I so hate the method of ne- Netflix dumping programs and no one ever talking about them. I love the weekly conversation about Game of Thrones, and I love that everyone in the UK watches it on a Monday together, and everyone tweets about it at the same time. It does feel that event television is becoming the more the domain of entertainment shows like uh, reality shows yeah it's not common with drama less so for drama anyway we're totally off topic and you need to get to work and we need to watch this episode so yes Yes, the penultimate episode penultimate episode so Game of Thrones is a history of really really good penultimate episodes yeah yeah Sean Bean's head being chopped off oh spoiler alert was the Red Wedding a penultimate it was yeah I think so yeah the Battle of the Bastards they're the three seasons I've seen um Oh, no, I haven't seen The Red Wedding. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyway, we better go and watch this. But we're expecting a lot from this what episode. What do you think is going to happen? I think they're going to go beyond the wall. Yeah, and I think they're going to meet some White Walkers. I mean, they're going there to get a White Walker. Yeah. Which I, I maintain is a really stupid Yeah, the plan. stupidest plan of all uh, time. We should have a quick mention to some of the feedback we had from last week. Um, one, uh, thank you for everybody who wrote in. Um, we had another correction but only one correction despite all the errors we made <laughs> yeah. um, people Ra- are just sick of us thanks to Rachel for uh, tweeting us and pointing out that it's uh, Gilly not Tilly wait yes. oh wait is Gilly it Tilly or not Gilly? Gilly no it's oh, no. it's Gilly or Jilly not Tilly Sam's girlfriend what did we so say? thank you Tilly. we called her Tilly yeah so thank you did Rachel did get it wrong again so it's Gilly not Jilly 
I, I'm not sure how to pronounce Gilly. that. Okay. Um, thank you, Rachel, anyway, for correcting us. And come on, let's go. Yes, and you can uh, also send uh, future corrections for all the things we're about to get wrong <laughs> yeah. into at the Cinemile on Twitter or uh, Instagram or Facebook. Just search the Cinemile. Okay, we really need to watch. You have to get to work. Us. Yeah, we okay, are. Okay, bye. <laughs> happened there a lot happened there and it's funny as we were watching it um first of all it was amazing and then i was thinking actually this would be easier to do a podcast about because we're only following three stories yeah there's only three sort of sections to yeah talk about. last week was so hard there was four of us trying to decipher all the plot that was happening last week we have way fewer notes this time so the three sort of uh we're going to do it by area so we'll talk a little bit about what happened at winterfell with Arian Sansa, we'll talk about a uh, bit what happened with uh, Dragonstone, with Tyrion and Danny, and then what happened beyond, beyond the wall. Beyond the wall, where all the action was. But that, overall impression, um, it was shocking. I guess as every episode is this season now, there was a bit of a lull last week. It, it was a incredible. lot happened. I mean, arguably, too much happened for the space of that episode. I yeah, think that's my feeling as well. I, I, w- I wish it wasn't being. Con- the, like what we've said has been really good about it being condensed into seven episodes is that everything's been really sped up but it's almost like this is too sped up yeah I this just felt feel... like you could have got three episodes worth of material out of this yeah and it would have actually had room to breathe mm-hmm. and I, I think a lot of what happened in this episode was so good that it was almost lost because it was it was just it was just happening in and around it yeah there was too much Do you know what I mean? stuff it was overshadowed by the other stuff um, and so much spectacle on top of the relationship stuff and I would have liked this, the spectacle and the relationship stuff like I would like to have Arya and Sansa and John and Daenerys stuff like a little bit separate like you said give it time to breathe because that's stuff we've been like waiting the whole, for the whole second half of that of that just sped along so fast yeah. both in terms of like the time in the show and that actually what was happening there was too much to process I think it actually suffered so it was long as well, right? We think it was longer than a normal episode. Like about I mean, eight it, minutes longer. It felt like a, a bit Which is longer, a lot yeah. in a show, if you consider some shows are only 20 minutes long. But let's tackle it, right? Let's yes. get into it, because um, time is short. So firstly, we did notice that we recognised the director's name, Alan Taylor. So I quickly Googled him, and he's like a real heavy hitter, so he directed... Did he do Hard Home? He's done, from what I quickly Googled, Lost, West Wing, Sex and the City, Sopranos, Mad Men, Deadwood. So he's like a heavy hitter in TV drama. Oh, he didn't do Hard Home. He might have. That this was the is guy not that exhaustive list. Descent, I think. Anyway, um, go on. So yeah, anyway, and we were expecting a lot, and we did get it. We got a true battle of ice and fire. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Many battles. Uh, um, so first, Winterfell. Let's talk about Winterfell. So this was uh, uh, sister, sister. This was One's so uh, weird. We were like, the, the relationship between Sansa and Arya. It's gone a bit sour, hasn't it? It's it's fascinating and I'm really interested that it went there because they're both coming from a place of I've had a terrible life all these terrible things have happened to me which is so true for both of them but it's like they've completely both lost any sort of ability to empathise like neither can picture themselves and and neither's trying to picture or tell the other about what they've been through it seems like everything's a challenge like well, Arya's like well this happened to me and she's like well this happened to me and and there seems to be, have been no point where they sat down and actually explained to each other 
look, since I last met you, these are all the horrible things that I've done. Yeah, but and neither of them also want to speak those atrocities out loud, if you think about it. They're dealing with trauma, both of them. And also, crucially, what your sister Jackie said last week, um, and Jackie and Lizzie, thank you again for coming on, I thought they were great. Um, but Jackie pointed out that Arya and Sansa hated each other their whole lives. You know, they... they uh, I guess in a childish animosity there, and you're starting to see all the all the things that they hated about each other come to the fore again. And what happened is they they got fight. I wouldn't say like you know young sisters fight, but you you get over that, and and those things don't matter. But they basically left each other at a crucial point when Arya was really young and Sansa was what like twelve or thirteen. So yeah, they still have those childish squabbles, but they've now got adult resentment, and that's a very dangerous mix. There's a rabbit. Oh, cool. Um, and their formative they're like their formative experiences happened separately to each other so they've become different people but they're back in their family home but they're mean Arya's mean which I guess we've been but so busy are. rooting for Arya for so long to destroy all these people that now when you see her being so destructive to someone in her family it's really sad well it makes perfect it's completely within her character she's become she's she deals with things through violence um, and she deals with things through anger and hatred she, ever since she drew up that list she's been on a m- mission for vengeance and that's how she sees the world now yeah this does tr- feel true to form and like specifically like from the o- from the off with these two there's only there's four scenes really but Arya um straight from the bat off the bat is trying to kind of imply she was her father's favourite and you know you probably don't remember you were inside knitting you don't you don't remember that dad used to stand here and he watched me sword fighting and you know I'm like she's kind of talking about feminism in the world of Westeros and I thought this was a great speech that was really evocative and she said thing. he's dead with your help she's so angry at Sansa but she won't let Sansa explain now we know Sansa was weak willed back then and but at the same time she was a child and I really liked when Sansa said well you should be on your knees thanking me you know but then she's saying while you were training I was suffering things you can't imagine so they're both just trying to one-up each other and it's so toxic. It's quite. I actually, as someone who has, is very close to my sister, has found it very distressing to watch them be so horrible to each other. But neither of the... They're both uh, characters who are not going to back down from an argument. Sansa has become someone who is hardened and bitter and... Um, will fight for herself because she's learned the hard way not to trust anybody yeah and it's down so, to her that like Winterfell is like Arya doesn't seem to understand at all diplomacy or or the fact that what Santa, Sansa has achieved because Arya just thinks Sansa should be just walking around murdering people sounds like your team Sansa well I just and I guess also it has been noted before I've seen people saying that um that Arya, the character, is quite young. Now, obviously, Macy Williams has grown up over seven years, so probably looks a lot older than she should mm. because, really, she's speaking like a petulant child in a lot of these scenes. And she's speaking like a hardened child who's been through fucking horrific stuff, like a child soldier. But she seems to have no concept of of anything outside of her own experience. And she's carrying a really childish resentment towards Sansa that Sansa's, like... You kind of get the impression that, like, you know, Sansa's, like, prettier and, you know, all she ever wanted to do was like she's disparaging her saying all you ever wanted to do is marry a prince but actually that's a really normal goal for any teenage girl that's not something to disparage somebody about whereas Arya's so cutting about it anyway I'm waffling on <laughs> yeah, sorry <laughs> I got we have to, to hurry up that. that's like the opening scene um, right Little Finger and Santa. yeah but this has really annoyed me this scene like why is Sansa 
like last episode she was berating Littlefinger she finally was done with his shit she realises how manipulative she is and suddenly she's confiding in him but I think it's because she's so shocked right into his hand she's confiding in him because she's so shocked and hurt by Arya little does she think for a second um, clearly Arya got the scroll from Littlefinger Um, and then he's saying let Brienne help you if she thought for one second where would he where would she have got like got the scroll from who was in King's Landing at that time he's the only person and he's the most manipulative person and who benefits from them fighting she says I don't know Arya anymore and he's like ha 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 now he says now, crucially right he says to her uh, get Brienne involved right as a bodyguard so what do you think his motives are here is he hoping that it's Brienne versus Arya and then one of them dies or what like, no because he knows Brienne would never fight Arya because she's sworn to, to serve both Stark girls anyway what, look, whatever happens um, Sansa in the next scene gets an invitation to King's Landing and decides to send Brienne so what's her thinking there I don't quite get that I think she's, she, she's done the opposite to what Littlefinger t- told her yeah. which to me tells tells me that uh, she isn't trusting him but I, I feel like Sansa's got her own I think here. this I is not um, know what's happening I think this is not character motivated I think they're trying to speed things along and they need Sansa to be unprotected for some reason and that's why they're getting rid of Brienne because if something happened Sansa when Brienne was there as viewers we'd be thinking that's not possible because Brienne would have minded okay. her so she said she's like not even leaving po- what's his name Podrick Podrick she's not even leaving him behind is she did Sansa swipe that away I don't know um, um, so yeah anyway Sansa's not impressed and she up. basically thinks up. she's invincible and then the last scene is Sansa and now this is really interesting Sansa finds oh, the faces in Arya's bedroom so oh. she doesn't need to be in that crypt. she finds her Mission Impossible bag yeah <laughs> and she's like but you keep how? faces in your bag and Arya's like yeah now play a game with me bitch and basically starts playing that game of th- truths with her that we saw oh god in the yeah last we got season. horrible flashbacks to that boring um, house of no faces and she's saying i but could become you like it's really she, dark she got dark she got she basically threatened to murder her and take her face and i thought it might happen i thought that was it, i thought it was genuinely going that way but i think what this was more though was was more aria testing sansa and i think sansa kind of was able to hold her own so I think Arya might respect Sansa more now after this scene maybe do you think that those masks like those masks are just shitty rubber masks oh my god they're so crap they're so crap but it's like I don't think the show did a good job of explaining this but apparently in the book they explain how all this magic works I guess it's got to be magic because it transforms your stature but she said something like I need to know your face to to be able to wear your face but then I'm like where does the hair come from because it's just a face yeah they're just Halloween masks yeah well like if she put on that Halloween mask how does she make them how does any how does this work you spent a whole season there um, having fucking training and talking in riddles and nobody explained the logistics of because any it's of inexplicable because how does she grow to Walder Frey's height how does she get his dodgy haircut and how fine. does she get his voice fine if the answer is magic but they never even told they us they didn't that. okay but so anyway Winterfell dark dark shit going on and no sign yeah, of sign don't of Bran like, don't like what this what's is Bran up to I mean, Bran's the three-eyed raven. He's got he's got he he's out of t- little tree. time for this petty <laughs> yeah. bubbles. Okay, and then we go to Dragonstone, where we only had two scenes. Um, the first, which was really interesting, because it was basically Daenerys and Tyrion falling out like, quite dramatically, which I enjoyed. I thought this was very interesting. Um, and then she says, <laughs> she says, um, Jon Snow's too little for me. No offense to Tyrion. And I'm like, yeah. who are you fooling, girlfriend? Um, is that what you said to yourself? Yeah. In your head. 
Um, I thought it was interesting what they said about fear. I thought there was... Uh, by the way, I thought a lot of the writing in this episode was super strong. Like, the dialogue was top-notch. Not only... Yeah, some a lot of the dialogue of, was, was strong, I'll give you that, but a lot of the coincidences were very weak and how quickly things happened. Sorry, I'm talking just about dialogue. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I think whatever... Overall about, writing whatever was about, a bit, was, a bit off for I me. think we, we sort of discussed how the episode was just too condensed. Yeah. But um, there's just so many good lines in this. What um, I wrote down what Tyrion said... Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> he said, he said about, about fear. He said, he I wrote it down. Life. Fear is all Cersei has, um, but her power is brittle because, like, yeah, fear is brittle. Are, they're only following you because they everyone fear you. below you wants to overthrow you. I thought all that stuff was great. And he and said actually, as well, Cersei would of... torture you in some horrible way and then kill you when yeah. she says Cersei <laughs> yeah, wants to that. kill me. And actually, Arya had a, a great line earlier about fear. Uh, she said something about you. You're, you're, um, you're only acting. Sansa said you're only acting through fear and anger, and Arya said I choose anger. Or yeah. Something like that. There was some, there was just some really snappy one-liners in this episode. Yeah, there Not was. to mention all the great bants between everybody over the wall. Yeah, there was great. Which we'll get to in a bit. And I think what's interesting about this scene is that fundamentally, Daenerys doesn't really trust him anymore. He's, you know, he's trying to yeah. take her up on burning Sam's dad and brother again. Um, he's saying you need your vision to endure. You need to not be so reactive when people, um, like you know, provoke you. And then he starts saying, "Chill out." Basically, he starts saying, "You know, what's your succession plan?" And I think she takes this really personally about her infertility, and bites him when he actually it just kind of means in general, "What's your overall well, it's plan?" A, it's an insurance policy. Yeah, but if, what's really interesting is here. I thought he's just being sensible. They were talking about democracy because he said, "We need your vision to endure." So I thought that was really interesting. There, he's not so much talking about her, who's going to take over the, the throne from you. He's saying your overall vision of like a democratic world. Yeah. So Which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, I think the, the new world that they're all describing and they hope for, I love all that. And I love, the, I love that they're aspiring to something better. But she's pissed. Do you think she's pissed at him because of the infertility thing? Or because of, she does also say at the end, it's basically your fault we lost Doran in Highgarden. Which it kind of is, yeah, but uh, it is it's a bit bitchy. I mean, she's—it's a bit bitchy of her. She is still in charge, you know, and she she sanctioned the whole thing. Yeah. So, so. this is this scene is harsh, and what's really interesting is that you can see in the scene like how much Tyrion believes in her. He's got that thing that everyone has. He's like, you know, you're amazing. We need to keep your vision, but instead he just really offends her. And then we've only one more scene with these two, where basically she's—it looks amazing—and she's getting on the dragons, and he's like, please don't go, do nothing. If you die, we're all lost. But she doesn't trust him anymore. Can't she just send the dragons off by themselves, no? She has to be there to control them, I guess. I don't she? know. That was one of the things I was, was curious about. Will, and some, I... will some studious book reader explain that to us, yeah. please? I think what was like really stood out to me, aside from the amazing shot as she flies away in the scenery here, was um, her hair, her coat and her makeup. Like insane. Like it's like she literally spent eight hours getting ready for battle. She I could not have looked more exquisite and her beautiful dragon brooch. I saw quickly on Twitter somebody uh, described her as Elsa from Frozen. Yeah, she if, basically if you see them like that. Next, uh, side by side. Like the hairstyle nice. she has would take five hours to do. Come on, we are we are we're, short yeah, on we're time. We really got to talk about this, everything oh, yeah. that happened uh, <laughs> beyond, beyond the wall, beyond the, the, wall. the meat of the episode. Um, yeah. So this stuff was. I mean, first of all, um, they shot all this in Iceland. I looked it up, and it looked amazing. Absolutely incredible! Like it's like Lord of the Rings it was stunning, level. Yeah. Just from the off, the, the 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 just the men on a mission walking, uh, walking those long helicopter shots of them walking through these mountainous areas. It was like just full winter. Winter has come. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. W- winter is finally here. Um, um, and I'm um, interestingly, last week my little sister Elizabeth had thought that more people were with them, but it didn't appear that way. Uh, yes, it did. 
well, I, I was confused. Not a horde of people, though. Just there was a couple of No, but there's of nobodies because there's, there's red shirts there. Um, there's and loads of people who were just there to get They killed. were just bear fodder. Yeah. Basically. Uh, which, um, which I thought was a little bit cheap. Let's talk about this very quickly. I thought it was a bit like Game of Thrones, now that it's out of George R. R. Martin's hands, effectively. I mean, he's still involved. Well, I think he's guiding the, the overall story. story he's though. guiding it, but he's not the showrunner. Uh, and I think they have a lot more control over the story and they've lost their teeth. They've lost their balls. They've, they're not killing any... They've got... They're two seasons from the end. They're two episodes from the end of the second last season ever. We've got seven main characters up there and only one of them died. I'm sorry. And he's not even he's a main not character. Not a main character. I, mean, and I thought that... Do you know what? I felt so much threat for, throughout this where I thought um, Thorman was going to die. I thought John was going to die. And then in the end, I was like, do you know what? Actually, none of them are going to die, and I'm not going to be concerned. There's no peril for me. They've Jamie survives the other absolutely battle. backwards. Yeah, with I'm sorry, with the Jamie thing, with the Thormund fake out, and Jon Snow's fake out was completely pointless. I know we've jumped ahead a little bit, but here. yeah, but it's Jon Snow though. What I do question Why say, before we get into this, I do. I don't know though if John, the Jon Snow thing's different because Jon Snow's like the undead. Yes, but sorry, what so was, can he die? What I know, what I was know. gained from John uh, falling in the ice and then going away in the dragon? And then All he does this. <gasps> he did his thing again. All that happened was Benjamin showed up uh, because the night is long and full of Deus Ex Machinas. It was basically a hail mary. Like so many Deus Ex Machinas. Like the whole dragon thing, Deus Ex Machina. Um, he would just came out of nowhere for no reason. Like why didn't he show up yeah, earlier? It was he lame. showed up at the exact same moment, exact right moment he needed. Uh, put John on a horse and off he went and then he uh, presumably died but then what was the point of any of that because John was back with them 30 seconds yeah, later yeah it was so pointless so but listen we pointless. skip ahead we need to talk about the opening scene with all the amazing amazing bands yeah so this was this is basically like a, it was this is Thorman's moment to shine Thorman was amazing yeah. the hound was amazing I think those two were great together I want them to have a spin-off show yeah they're amazing uh, where they rent uh, a two-bed apartment together in New York City <laughs> or in King's Landing that'd be amazing that would be uh, amazing because Thorman as he said has never been there because he thought uh, Winterfell was too hot I just love when he said down south smells like pig shit and John's like yeah. uh, you've only ever been to Winterfell <laughs> and then Thorman Th- gave John really good advice where he said you should bend the knee because you know that's what good lords because, do no well he said Mance Raider never did and look where he got um, and did you see a lot of Ikea rugs again good. <laughs> yeah I love, love um, Jor and, and John did you see Ikea have jumped all over this now I know they love social, it they've uh, They've released instructions for how to make your own Game of Thrones uh, rug. <laughs> you, it was Game interesting. Of using I rug. also got the impression they were all designed for a casual stroll. Like there was no kind of formation or they're all just chatting. Jorah and John talk about Jorah's dad. John offers him the sword back. Jorah tells him to keep it. Jorah um, makes reference to the fact that, um, that you know, your children might want it someday. And John almost, it was really interesting after... Um, Later on, when him and Daenerys talk about her infertility, it's almost like this moment where John's like, and you could see that how much he wants children. So I thought that was no, really interesting. interesting. Um, but yeah, lots of talking and not much walking. I lo- no, but I loved all this. I thought all these scenes were amazing. They were so we've fun. Spent so, we've spent seven years with these characters, and you've you've learned to love them all. And th- some of them have been on the other side of the world from each other, and suddenly it's like. It's like wish fulfillment. I feel like the writers had a ball here because they must have just sat down being like, right, we've got all these characters to play with. Who could talk to who and what would they say? And I enjoyed it all. It's just cynically now I'm like, it just doesn't really make sense that John and his band of men just like 
bumped into the hound and these fire guys and Absolutely. like they're all together I mean but like don't get me wrong I love the hound and Tormund together like when Tormund's like just laugh like saying things to him like I don't think you're truly moon you have sad eyes and then he calls him a dick and he's like dick I like it he's like I bet you do and then he says no it's pussy for me and then he starts talking about Brienne of Tarth I loved how he kept talking so about funny. Brienne like they were already together and, and um, they're gonna have big strong babies like actually says you're with Brienne of fucking Tarth <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he says I want to make monster babies with her they'll take over the world but in a way it's, it's that was fun in a way to, to maybe critique it a little bit the world of Game of Thrones has almost become too small now oh it's ridiculous because they're all everyone's meeting everyone's there's only ever like in this episode there's only three places that anything happens and all the characters are there and these two characters met and of course uh, they know the same person yeah, exactly. it's like everybody knows everybody so it is becoming a little small and they don't even look cold in the scene I did write that down um, and then the guy who died six times whose name I don't know um, says to John you know the enemy He's always correct, wins but we guy. still have to fight them and then we see this arrow wheel mountain that um, the hound had seen in the fire so we need to get through this we're like we're taking oh ages. no no uh, quick one uh, loved the hound and Gendry as well um, oh he tells him not to be a stop pussy stop moaning or He's what like, does he say Yeah, he said I'm not moaning he said your lips are moving and you're complaining that's <laughs> that was fun that's whining um, and then they kind of get into a real blizzard type of scene and, we, and again we were like wait what's Zombie bear so you're just going into a blizzard hoping to capture a White Walker that Cersei won't give a fucking crap about so that they can come down and prove to Cersei that the White Walkers are real and to prove to Danny. except oh hang on turns out Danny can be up there in half an hour in a dragon and just have a look for herself yeah. which is exactly what she did no but to be fair so they the weren't, whole mission was pointless no but they weren't taking the, zomb- the zombie to prove it to Danny. they were I know, taking it for but Cersei couldn't she have just flown, the- flown them all up there with the dragon yeah. this is a classic eagles from Lord of the Rings situation like their their mission made no their mission sense. was so fun. Now it was really fun when the zombie bear came like, in. We were like zombie bear. <laughs> the zombie bear was great, very cool. And it takes them a while to get into formation back to back, like not before a couple of the the, the blow ins had died. I mean, here's another cop out when the when he attacks the red priest. I forget that character's name and basically like eats his inside and then he didn't die. I thought, oh, you've done it again. And I thought that was that really be- lame because he didn't die, right? And they cauterize his wounds with this like flaming sword, but then later on he dies anyway. So I was like, what's the point? What was the point in having him? And I didn't get I that, did enjoy yeah. the line when the guy says, you are right. And he says, I just got bitten by a dead bear. No, yeah, I'm that was a great right. line. But that was just really lame. I'm like, don't kill this character. I don't even know who he is or care about him. How cool are the flaming swords, though? The flaming swords are really I mean, cool. Yeah, but I, again... The, so cool. The, yeah, like the flaming swords are cool. But this whole scene, and we did say we found it really hard to follow, but I guess in real life it would be really hard to follow if a bear was chasing you. But well, again, they're in this, the middle of a blizzard. Yeah, but this is an awesome scene, and this is like two minutes in this episode because they've too much else to go. But this is the problem. When people started getting killed, I was like, "Who is that?" And there's like, "Who are these people?" And then we were confused in the next scene when the priest was there with Jorah. We were like, "Why is he here?" We thought he had died. Like, no, I knew he had. Hadn't I hadn't because you saw him get caught around. I did like his uh, man bun though, but I just thought, now this was a completely pointless scene. Him and Jorah talking about, "Oh, he was the drunkest man you ever saw." Oh, I no, thought, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, but there was Except, just enough banter. Like, they're well, in a really perilous situation at this point. Will someone remind me of what battle they're referencing? And if we saw that, because I don't remember that at all. But oh. I really enjoyed that. It was like, you. I thought you were the bravest man I ever saw. No, but I was the drunkest. And then when they actually finally meet the White Walkers, it's really interesting because I, I didn't realise that there was a difference between... Like white walkers and like just regular zombies which you explained to me yes I think you should explain on the podcast too okay maybe not everyone well maybe everyone knows but I didn't okay so um, I don't I haven't read the books obviously and I uh, 
I'm only just picking this up from what I've heard from podcasts and reading things. So please correct me if I'm wrong, anybody. But as far as I understand it, the White Walkers are the Knights King and all his guys, and they ride around on horses, and they're all like clean and dapper, and they they've have got blue nice eyes. blue eyes, yeah, yeah. blue they eyes. Um, and they they seem to be sentient. They're the ones in charge, and they are able to turn. Uh, the dead into zombies who are called whites I think I'm not sure if that's ever been mentioned in the show but I saw it written down somewhere um, and so they're basically the undead but the so they're drones basically yeah exactly yeah. and as we learned in this episode if you kill a white walker you instantly destroy all the whites that that white walker turned yeah I thought that was really cool a big bit of information which kind of makes it seem like actually be quite easy because if you just defeated the knight's king you'd get the rest of them yeah which they essentially say in an expository yeah. fashion and uh, then I was on. confused by at this point because all the armed men start fighting them and like this is an amazing scene but why don't they all have dragon glass swords after John went to all that effort of going See, only that's the other thing. swords seem to shatter them that's the other thing no no, no. it seems you can kill a white with anything and we yeah, saw that at hard there was a different they're just like brittle skeletons yeah but why don't they all have the dragonstone swords why? oh I don't know like, maybe John forgot to bring any <laughs> uh, maybe he hadn't I, maybe the mining had only just started I guess when he left dragonstone they probably haven't gotten any because you gotta, you got to forge those into swords as well don't you yeah and I mean it was amazing because there was an initial small attack where we kind of they attack them and again I had forgotten the stupid m- motivation so I was saying why are they putting a why are they why are they putting a bag over his head I don't understand and Dave had to remind me no they're here to capture him because I kept forgetting because it was so dumb you forgot their stupid plan Thorman punched one of them which I thought was really fun and then I love when um, they're like run Gendry 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 yeah. Gendry you're the fastest runner and Gendry seems to I don't but know why? how long they've been walking <laughs> for but Gendry seems to be able to run back in like 10 minutes <laughs> uphill in ridiculous. the snow with his big rug like, on. They walked for ages. But also, why do, this bothers me. Why do they know that Gendry is the fastest runner? They all just met. Did they have a race? Did they have? Were they having I have no sprints? idea. And I still don't understand why Gendry's there. I because have no clue. plot has to happen. But, but why? Yeah, it, it, it was silly. And, and look, let's, while we're addressing that, let's address this whole series of events, okay? So, so basically, so Gendry's Forrest Gump. <laughs> can run as much as he wants. Uphill with the bloody Ikea rug on him Doesn't in a blizzard. Stop. Only gives up when he reaches the wall. He's five meters from the wall and he gives up. Yeah, but to be fair, I think adrenaline carried him there at that okay. point. So Gendry runs to the wall. The wall sends a raven. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the raven... Then... Which is faster than an email. Oh, fine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I, if faster than an email. The raven travels all the way down to the very south, which is Dragonstone. Uh, Din- no, the Danny... Dragonstone isn't very south. Well, whatever. Because it's relatively near King's Landing. Yeah, King's Landing is the most south, isn't it? Like, of, of whatever, not Dorne and all that. Oh, right, okay, but you like, mean of you that know, part of the world, that yeah. That part of the Westeros. Um, and uh, Danny and Tyrion read the raven. She decides, right, get on the dragon. Flies the dragon up. And all this seems to take place at least overnight. But it's I like, got the impression it was that they were on the ice for a couple of days. Maybe, but I mean, come on. This is this is part of the problem of things just being yeah it was, absolutely. Condensed. And look again, we're being. I guess we don't want to bitch every episode about the timeline. Um, but basically, they're all on the on the in the kind of in the middle of the ice in this rock formation. Like it was so cool when the zombies were attacking them and started it was falling through really, the ice. It was really really good and scary. It was and, scary, and, and then so the priest dies, and I was like, who cares? I thought he died five scenes ago. <laughs> yeah, like it was such a crap death. But like, like nobody died. This is really upsetting. Yeah. But um, so so chilling when they're all just standing around and staring at them, wasn't it? It was like absolutely it terrifying. It was terrifying. And like, then you really know when cool. they're there overnight, the next morning. 
and the priest is dead and they say oh we need to burn his body which again I was like this is neither the time nor the place um, Thorman says oh you you can make so- how can you make fire and the guy lights his sword up and Thorman's really surprised and I'm like but you saw him do that when you were fighting them in the last scene and if you were all camped oh, yeah. overnight on the ice freezing to death why the hell didn't the guy light a fire for them then <laughs> what a great point yeah it was just like <laughs> why are you letting people freeze to death yeah, yeah. though I still maintain John's undead and can't freeze and then John's yeah. so noble like in the midst of all this fighting John's still trying to claim his stupid prisoner yeah but that but if they don't do that then the whole thing was worthless like, I, well, that would be awful then the man would have died for nothing I guess like, the prisoner then, is the absolute goal so after the priest dies and they like apparently burn him um, the night, we see the Night's King watching them which is really cool that was cool uh, but then the hound starts thro- chucking stones at them yeah why is he antagonising them I mean I guess they're all going a bit mad they've been there for a while it made no sense and nobody said after all the banter earlier nobody said what the fuck are you doing hound yeah ch- they're chill all out, like man. oh well let's fight now chill out clicking. and then he, it was really scary the zombie he threw it at I think that he had no skull and stuff I thought that he looked was amazing cool. yeah. I thought, but, uh, but hats off to the effects team this whole thing was done amazingly the way they all just walked into the ice um, they were falling into the ice this is I thought it, and just so many extras with the makeup is top notch it looked incredible Like, and when so, they all so started cool. falling in the water like that was such a spectacle but again so much was happening and then John telling them to fall back the hound and then the hound picked up a hammer the hound had that a hammer that was cool but then it's like hammer oh Thorman's gonna die no oh Thorman doesn't die they should have just let Thorman die let someone die you and can't. who are those disposable ones someone fell off a rock and died in, and yeah, I was like who, who are is these that people? person they should have they should have not had all these um uh, bullshit red shirt characters and what they should have had is just the core seven people and then the stakes are higher because we're going to start losing some of them and who's it going to be and that's what Game of Thrones used to be and I think it's it's just lost all its teeth it's really upsetting yeah and then upsetting. basically by the end there's just the I'm core characters left the ones who we actually know um, and l- oh the dragons to the rescue woohoo great so oh, you again got, you got our message yeah like so stupid <laughs> good now, on you Gendry um <laughs> So basically, like that's a, of course a visually stunning and beautiful moment, but a bit like a bit of an eye roll for me. Oh, but the dragons are also arrived at exactly the moment that they were needed. Yeah, exactly the moment. Um, like, now again, Daenerys looks like an angel from the heavens coming out in this white coat. Yeah, like she's incredible. Like if John didn't love her before this moment, she is just unbelievable. Um, and this is when we suddenly went wait a minute is one of these dragons going to get turned into a zombie yeah we never thought that before as soon as so the Night King picks up a spear like a a winter Olympic medalist (laughs) (laughs) and he that was a great shot wasn't it I mean like that's a gold medal what made no sense about that shot okay first backtrack um, we really need to hurry this up so firstly backtrack John decides to leave all his friends who are on the back of the dragon about to go and run into the battle fighting yeah in typical Jon Snow fashion everyone's like John what the fuck are you doing come on what like, was he doing go without so they me. had here's the thing well, they he had to say that but he's essentially saying that they had the they had the prisoner loaded up everyone was on the dragon uh, the dragon was ready to depart uh, your your dragon is now leaving yeah. all aboard and John goes to fight not even but the what's white what's he doing not he's even to fight the Night's King to fight like a shitty drone zombie yeah I'm sorry he absolutely deserved uh, the death that he didn't get absolutely deserved it and then the Night's King who was, is awesome instead of shooting the dragon that they're all on shoots one in the sky so yeah, he I guess he just. All down. I guess he just no sorry that happened he took that dragon down while she was still in the air that hadn't you've got your timeline oh right up. okay sorry I'm so confused by he the whole battle he just picked a dragon they were all in the air but it was really sad when um, 
I thought it was amazing oh, when, when the, the dragon, dragon died, died and yeah. he was spilling blood everywhere. It was really sad. And it I looked amazing. I thought it was quite upsetting. We keep using the word amazing. It looked very spectacular. Um, so I thought all that was really, really cool. And then then John just like falls into ice, but to no peril at this point. It's like, oh, fine, whatever. And then we I did I looked think- at my notes here and all I wrote was, get on the fucking dragon, you twat. <laughs> and I've circled it four times. I was just wrote, can John get hypothermia? Because I'm confused. Like he basically <laughs> was in ice ice water and then came out into the snow again in his sodden Ikea rug and then oh my god when his uncle showed up who first of all you had to remind me who that guy was I was just like this is dumb this is stupid but like what a waste of that character's return and then and then death but then why didn't he go with John one other time why didn't he just go with John then why did he send John off on the horse and he stayed behind again made no sense oh look so like it's so pointless this whole thing so the next scene is at Eastwatch and the dragons are crying and oh my god John's back what a surprise as a viewer literally two minutes after we see him get on the horse John just shows up um on a horse Boy. now I know there'd be some warmth from the horse going to his body but at this point John would not be alive um, and then it's awesome because she sees his scars and she realises oh this I actually thought the scene with him and her was brilliant I loved it but that's what I mean he basically says this scene should have been the climax of the episode but there was so much but of it was stuff. underwritten by everything else because so much had happened because also Arya and Sansa should have been the climax of the episode so I know two huge moments were kind of I mean don't get me wrong this was not overshadowed and I cannot wait to go on Twitter and see what everyone wrote about I thought it, it was a great scene I thought um I thought just the whole thing of like don't don't call me Danny and he says I don't know what to call you other than my queen like oh, oh so beautiful and but the like, first thing he says when he wakes up and this is why John is a lovely person he says I'm so sorry yeah because she lost the dragon, the dragon. Yeah, yeah and he, and he's, he and knows he understands because he's got that Targaryen blood with yeah, her. Um, yeah I thought this was a really really good and he's good like scene. I wish you'd never come and she's like no but I'm glad I saw and they're holding hands Um. Yeah, and it looks like you're probably going to get your your, I'm your definitely getting wish it. of these two getting together. And then when he says, my queen, and then suddenly there's like this beautiful kind of Lord of the Rings movie music. Like, and then I've just written, do it! Because <laughs> I wanted them to do it so bad. <laughs> but it wouldn't have been appropriate. Like, He's got to bend the knee Her first. child just died. He's really ill, whatever. Yeah. Um, but okay, let's... We've really got to finish okay, this Okay, Eastwatch, it ends with... Um, the dragon being dragged with chains and now we both said where the hell did those chains come from <laughs> yeah what are they like where did they get <laughs> why these do chains, zombies have chains so they've been walking this whole distance of like wherever they came from down south they've been doing that for six seasons now they've been walking <laughs> with chains on the march who's got the chains do they and they were heavy duty there was at least did they go and a get the thousand chains? zombies per chain and there was how many chains six and it must have taken them ages to set that up and, and then, then who goes down to get to train the dragon I guess do they have scuba diver they white walkers scuba diver, zombies and then I mean it was an anyway, incredible the whole thing moment was incredible it's moment when the zombie so cool. zombie dragon opened his eye I mean we knew blue. it was coming as soon as we saw the chains and the big hole in the eye. but ice. it was a fantastic closing shot it was worth it amazing and now we need to think okay it's, it's the promise of that isn't it does the dragon now breathe ice that's what I think is going to oh. happen and it will literally be ice and fire against each other that'd be so cool and also then you know the way there was like a prophecy where three of them would ride the dragons but now one of them's dead so John and Daenerys will ride two of them but who ride the dead one would it be the Night King yeah the Night King or would it be Bran so cool because Um, he's kind of dead (laughs) probably Bran's not dead he's dead in his heart oh you mean Jon Snow no I mean Bran he's dead in his heart can't he um, take over bodies of animals and stuff I don't know 
I think it's either Bran or the Night King. Oh, you're right. It could be John because he, he is dead. Bran? He doesn't even have the use of his legs. No, because remember there was something that I had read that someone said before. He was like, prophesized, oh, sh- you'll never walk, but you'll fly. Oh, of course, because Bran can uh, control Yeah, when I was Googling hashtag Bran once, because I would hate, hate Googling him, I saw that prophecy. He can warg into the... Anim- yeah. yeah. Anyway, the... This whole thing was cool because it's the promise of that fight where it's dragon it's versus be, yeah. dragon like, and, and ice it, versus it fire. Really weakens and Daenerys. it's going to be amazing. Um, and I don't think we're going to get that until next season. The other thing we I want to mention, talk about about the John Daenerys plot is, so basically, John's like, oh, I bend the knee, whatever. I'm madly in love with you. I I think the stuff Sansa and Littlefinger have been talking about with the men kind of brewing against John. Th- those men aren't going to want to bow down to Daenerys, right? No, there's a whole whole other bit of convincing to happen there. Yeah, so the, but then I thought maybe she'd let him be king of the north. Or why don't they just get married? I don't know. Can, can These are all questions for another time because we've really got to go. Okay, we really got to. Um, so, and then one other thing I want to say is Cersei's not going to care. So after no. all this is for nothing. But that's what we're going to get in the next episode is them showing this to Cersei. I think she's probably going to pretend to go along with them. Then she's going to spring her trap and uh, shit's going to go south and Somebody I'm really excited needs to die and I say this like as someone who likes the characters like either the, the, the central core five characters right Cersei, Jaime Tyrion Daenerys and um, John. now if they all survive this next episode when they're all together in, in King's Landing obviously we know Sansa's not going because she sent Brienne like what's the point then like I just there's just no yeah, peril. They have, to, they have to do it. And please Cersei God, has to do guys, something really badass. Okay, really we gotta badass, go. But we gotta Thank go. you for listening. Um, please let us know your thoughts. Uh, this was a really fun episode. Oh, and uh, we're going to do a poll of Tormund's best quotes from the episode on Twitter. Yes, because he yes. had some really, good, some ones. really good ones. Or the Hound had some good the ones The Hound well. had some good ones. We'll do some oh, quotes. We'll figure something yeah. out. Uh, go, to our, go to our Twitter uh, page. We'll, pin a, we'll put a poll uh, at the top. And uh, yeah, f- uh, search us the Cinemile on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. You can email us thecinemile at gmail.com. And you can go on iTunes if you haven't already done it. And um, please subscribe to us, and we would love a review because that really helps us get right, And now I have to run. Yeah, okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.